Welcome to the Perfume Making Podcast with me, Karen Gilbert. And in today's episode, I'm going to be answering one of the most common questions I get asked on social media and in emails. And it's something that's impossible to answer often, as there's so much to it that can't be answered in just a few characters or a few short paragraphs. So here are some examples of different variations of that question. I made a perfume, but it doesn't last. What fixative should I use? What fixative should I put in my perfume? So this is probably the number one question I get asked. All of these different variations on the same theme. And I'm sure other people get asked the same things too. I see this question popping up time and time again on YouTube comments, on Facebook comments and all sorts. And Honestly, I wish that there were a magic ingredient that you could just sprinkle into any perfume formulation to just make it last all day. But unfortunately, there isn't. Now, before I get into the how of making a perfume that lasts, I want to just unpack something a bit deeper and explain why nobody can really answer these sorts of questions simply on social media. And the answer is always, it depends. Now, if you want somebody to answer a question for you, always make sure that you ask a good question. So what is a good question? So a good question is a question that gives context. It gives as much information as you possibly can give. It's a really, really clear question. It's something that's not vague. So there are so many different answers to every question in perfumery and so many different permutations of that answer that to ask what fixative should I use without any other context, without giving that person any information about your fragrance formula is honestly a total waste of everyone's time and energy. And how would anyone know what perfume you're trying to make? How would they know what other materials are in the formulation with just that one line? You know, we're not mind readers here. So please, if you are the sort of person who posts questions like this, please don't expect the person that you're asking the question to, to give you a good or in-depth answer, because we always need more information and more context for that kind of question. Okay, so that out of the way, in this episode, I'm going to help you to figure it out for yourself. And if you need more help with a particular formulation that you're working on, the two options that you have to get my one-on-one help are either an in-person class, which I hold at my studio here in the UK, in the New Forest, which is obviously subject to dates, availability, etc., or inside the Artisan Perfumery Mastermind, which is my three-month long to a year-long online perfumery training program. So let's go back to the wishful thinking point that there is a one magical ingredient that can be added to any perfume to make it last all day. Now, making a perfume with both diffusion and longevity It's a really fine balancing act and it's something that takes understanding your materials and lots and lots of practice and experimentation. 
Now, if you're using just naturals, it's even more challenging and in some cases downright impossible to create a fragrance with just natural materials that lasts all day. For example, this is something that I get asked a lot. I want to make a citrus perfume. I only want to use natural materials, but I want it to be long lasting. I'm really sorry to burst your bubble here, but citrus notes are really volatile, which means that they evaporate quickly. Now, if you haven't listened to episode seven of the podcast, go listen to that. I talk all about the definitions of top, mid and base notes. So go listen to that one after this episode and this will make more sense. The base notes specifically in a natural perfume is where your longevity is going to come from. Now, the issue with this is that they are often heavy materials. They are the woods, they're the resins, there's the vanilla notes and too much base in your scent is going to overpower delicate materials that you want to include in things like citrus fragrances and light florals. So if you are making a fragrance with naturals only, it's going to be a trade-off. So they are these materials are not fixatives as such, but they do have the ability to extend the longevity of your fragrance. Now, there are a couple of materials that will help with fixation outside of specific fragrance ingredients with high longevity. And I'll mention those at the end of this episode, because what I would really like to encourage you to do is learn your materials and look at those materials with high longevity that are going to work in your specific fragrance formula first before looking for shortcuts. So in the naturals palette, those materials are going to be things like sandalwood. They're going to be a material such as vanilla, the resins and balsam, such as olibanum, which is another word for frankincense. They are going to be materials such as benzoin, tolu balsam, copaiba balsam. They're also going to be materials such as labdanum, that is a key component of amber fragrances. You can also use ambergris, like real ambergris tincture does have fixative properties. Materials such as oak moss, you can only use oak moss in very small amounts, but again, it will have this propensity to extend the life of your fragrance without going into synthetic realms. Also, orris root, again, quite expensive, but orris has got fixative properties. It's got longevity in it. Um, so you can incorporate that depending on your budget into your fragrances as well. Also, look at some of the isolates, some of the natural isolates, such as natural ambretolide and benzyl salicylate. They both have decent longevity. Um, so have a dig around in the isolates as well. Now, the very best way to learn this for yourself, I know that people will be asking, oh, well, is there a list somewhere of all of the natural materials that have got a high amount of longevity or all the ones that are considered base notes. Now, there is not one definitive list. Um, however, the best way to do this for yourself is to learn and create a, a little notebook, a record of your own experiments. So how I would suggest you do that is you take your material, you dip a smelling strip into that material, write the name of the material on it, you write the date and the time that you've dipped it. And then you measure how long that lasts. Go back after an hour, after two hours, after five hours, after a day. And in many cases, you could go back after a couple of days, a few days, and that material will still be there present on that smelling strip. 
this is an idea. This will give you an idea of the longevity of your material. And it will give you a rough idea of how that is going to perform in your fragrance. You don't just take a material that has got a lot of longevity and you just lop it in your perfume and hope for the best. It's got to be woven carefully into your formulation and blended with the other materials in there to one, create the longevity that you're looking for, but to not overpower or change the structure or the character of the scent that you want to create. Now, for those of you who are willing to explore life outside the realms of naturals, so for those of you who are creating fragrances with a mixed media or you're creating this blend of naturals and synthetic fragrances, there is way, way more help at hand to create more longevity in your fragrances. Again, the materials you use to add longevity to your perfumes will really vary depending on the fragrance formulation. And there is absolute, I'm going to say this again, there is no replacement for learning and studying your materials. However, there are a few categories of material that are going to help hugely. And these are the synthetic musk notes and then the linear structural materials that we find in so many of today's commercial perfumes. So I'll talk about those in a moment and I will probably actually do another episode on masks and linear materials as there are so, so many. So let's look at the musks first. So there are so many synthetic musks available on the market and they all have completely different odours and they all give very different effects. Some are more heavy and overpowering. Some are more diffusive. Some do both. Some um, are restricted in the amount that you can use and some are not. So really explore and experiment with your own selection. Now, it's really common to be anosmic to some musks. So anosmia is where you can't smell a particular material. So generally speaking, unless we have got something wrong with our olfactory bulb, most of us are not anosmic. Some diseases cause anosmia Parkinson's disease, for example, dementia can cause anosmia as well, where we lo- basically lose our sense of smell. There is something called selective anosmia, which means that s- there are certain materials that we can't smell or we have trouble smelling. Now, synthetic masks are really, really common um, materials to be anosmic to. So if you dip a particular mask and you can't smell it, don't think that there's something wrong with you. It is really common And this is one of the reasons why most fragrance formulations don't contain just one mask. They contain a blend of several different ones to cover all bases. So I'd recommend getting a selection. Um, I would recommend learning them and creating your own blend that works for a variety of different fragrances. You can also create little blends, little musk accords that work in particular fragrance families and build up your own little collection. There are a few um, suppliers, so material suppliers that I have included in my getting started guide, which is in the show notes, that create their own proprietary musk blend for you to use instead as a little bit of a shortcut. So again, Uh, material suppliers such as Perfumers World and Powell, they have what they would call their musk blend. So if you do want a shortcut, you can buy one of those. And and generally speaking, they have created those blends to be 
universally accepted in a variety of different fragrance formulations. But again, you know, I'm a perfume teacher, so I would prefer you to study yourself and create your own accords from scratch. I believe knowledge is power and the more control you have over your fragrance formulations, the better. Because, you know, these proprietary blends, they could be changed, they can be discontinued. So again, it's better to to know your stuff and create your own, but they are available if you struggle with um, with getting to grips with the musks. Um, I have to say that there are a lot of musks that I am personally anosmic to. One particular one, Galaxalide, I do struggle with. However, and this is a little bit of a digression here, but one of the things that um, I've noticed actually as I've got older and my hormones have shifted, now I don't know whether this is a thing or not, but one day I walked into the studio sat myself down with a bunch of musks that I'd really struggled to smell over the years and they had just opened up to me. Now, I know that practice makes perfect and a lot of people do say that the more you practice smelling these particular materials that you're anosmic to, the more they can open up to you. That's something that I've done over the years, but there are some that have always remained elusive. Now, on this particular occasion, I I sat down, I went and smelled some of these musks and I'm like, oh my God, I, I've never been able to smell that in that particular way before. Now, I know that when a woman is pregnant, her sense of smell changes. Obviously, that is to do with hormonal fluctuations. Now, I am 53, I'm going through menopause and that obviously means that my hormone levels have fluctuated and changed over the last few years. And so, for me, now I don't know if this is a real thing or not, but I have pulled together the conclusion that my change in hormones has changed the way that I perceive certain materials, the musks specifically. So I don't know whether that's true or not. If there's anyone out there listening and you are a neuroscientist or you have done any studies on this, please let me know because I'm fascinated with the effect of hormones on smell and how that can change. So that's a, that's a little bit of a digression. But your musk notes, your synthetic musks are really going to be where a lot of your longevity lies for specific fragrance families. If you're creating amber fragrances, woody fragrances, and you can pile in a lot of resins and, and woody materials and vanillas, then you know, you're going to have a lot of those fixative type materials, those base notes in there. But if you're creating light airy florals or musks, you, uh, sorry, light, airy florals or citruses, you are going to be relying on a lot of the synthetic musks. So next category is using linear, these linear or more structural materials. Now, this is a whole class in itself. And it's some, a reason why I include a linear materials masterclass with my artisan perfumery mastermind. But to get you started, have a think about adding these p- basic materials to your perfumer's palette for both longevity and in many cases, diffusion and structural support for your perfumes as well. So these are some of the materials that you might have heard of before. If you're completely new, you might not know what they are. But here's what I would add as a a basic, in addition to the synthetic masks. Um, You want some ISOE super and there are lots of different isomers, things like Sylvamba, Timber Silk all fit in this category. So ISOE super is a transparent woody material. 
it kind of really travels throughout the fragrance. So it does give lift and diffusion, but it also gives this sort of longevity and slight amounts of, you know, what I would, we would call fixation. So it's really what we, we're talking about when we're talking about fixation in this sense, it's longevity. So it's not that the entire fragrance is going to sit on the skin from start to finish, but it will add to um, the, you know, the long lasting list of your perfume, if you like. So it's a woody material, very transparent, um, those of you who know Geyser Schoen's Molecule 01 is an isomer of ISOE Super. So add that to your to your perfumer's organ. The other material that sort of sits alongside this in the majority of commercial fragrances, I'd say, is Hedione, which is a, it's called a jasmine material, but it's not like a heavy jasmine. It extends your citrus notes out it also helps diff with diffusion and projection of a lot of other materials that you would be including in your fragrance formula. So Hedione is a really good one. It's very, very universal. I do believe it has been overused in a lot of fragrances, but again, it's really useful for adding a little bit of extra longevity and sparkle without overpowering in some of these light, lighter fragrance types. You also want to add Vanillin. So vanillin is a, you can get a natural isolate of vanillin as well, but it's a synthetic vanilla. And it's also got this soft woodiness to it that adds longevity to your fragrance, again, without being as hefty as vanilla absolute. So it's a more light, transparent, woody aspect than the more kind of confectionery type vanillas. And the other one that I would also add, again, this has been used a lot recently in lots and lots of different fragrances, and that's Ambroxan. Now, Ambroxan is a synthetic ambergrino. It's sometimes called Ambrofix um, or Ambrox, and it's a soft, I think, slightly powdery. It's got like a muskiness to it. But again, it adds a lot of um, longevity to fragrances without completely in a small amount without completely overpowering it. So there also there are many sandalwood replacers as well. So if you're on a bit of a budget and you're using synthetics, you don't want to use lots of natural sandalwood. Sandalwood replacers um, can be used instead. Things like Jarvanol, Santalif, um, Sandalore, they can be really useful additions to your perfumer's palette. So Whilst I would really encourage you, as I said before, to learn your materials and look at these materials with high amounts of longevity that you can then work into your specific fragrance formulas, there are a couple of materials that I alluded to earlier. Now, both of these are naturally derived, so they have natural starting points, but I wouldn't consider them to be strictly 100% natural due to the processing that they undergo to bring them to market. So, Let's talk about a true fixative, really, as opposed to a base note, would be something with a neutral odour that creates more longevity in a perfume without it interfering with the overall scent. Now, the first material that pops up a lot is something called Herculin D. Now, Herculin D is a specially deodorised quality of a material called Herculin, and it is used as a solvent primarily, rather than an aromatic ingredient. So it is used to dissolve other materials generally, but it is derived from something called rosin, which is from 
American turpentine generally, which is like a pine resin. So it has this natural starting point, but it is processed and it has high viscosity. So it's really thick. It's quite sticky. Um, it's it's used as a solvent, as I said before. It's, it solubilizes, it dissolves really well in perfumers alcohol and it has fixative properties. So that is something that you can find from a lot of the fragrance suppliers out there. So it's I've had a look on, um, you know, creating perfumes, Pell War, a lot of the small quantity fragrance materials suppliers you can buy Herculin D from. So grab some, try it, see how it incorporates into your particular fragrance. What I would suggest that you do if when you're experimenting with these types of fixatives is create your fragrance formulation as it is and then create your formulation and add some something like Herculin D to it at the end and then test the longevity. Just see if it works and play around with the amounts as well. So the second material is a fairly new material that I've recently discovered called Citropol F. Now, unfortunately, unlike Herculin um, D, I haven't seen this reach any of the smaller suppliers at the moment. So I think as at the time of recording, you would only be able to buy this in very, very large amounts from some of the commercial suppliers, but it's a really interesting material. So um, citropol polymers, so citropol F it's called, and it's a citropol polymer and it's made with sustainable feedstocks and green chemistry. So we're going to see a lot of this um, biotech, this green chemistry coming through with ingredients processing now. Um, and citropol polymers are derived from citronellol. So citronellol is naturally found in a lot of different fragrance materials um, specifically in this case, um, in citronella oil and the citronellol, I think that is used um, in the production of this particular citropol is derived from um, terpenes that are extracted from the sap of sustainably grown pine trees. So again, this is something that is naturally derived and it's created via a green chemistry process. But again, you would need to speak to the supplier and find out whether this is considered to be 100% natural in the country that you're in. We have different, as I've, I've said before, you know, we have different definitions of what is natural in the UK and in Europe, as opposed to the States. There are different definitions of natural in flavors and in fragrances. So again, when you're purchasing any material, if you have a specific requirement for something to be 100% natural for your brand, then do double check with the supplier and make sure you get all the correct documentation so that you know for sure. So that is just a little bit on how to make your perfume last longer. I hope that has been helpful for you. Again, it is not an easy fix. It's not something that you just plop into a fragrance like a magic <laughs> fairy dust that can make any perfume last all day. It's a very, very delicate balance. There is no replacement for learning your materials. Practice, practice, practice. So not only smelling your materials, but practice combining them with other materials. Don't forget every single material that you put in your fragrance formulation is going to affect every other material. 
So every twig is going to change its longevity for the better or the worse. So keep that in mind. Um, Again, anything that I've mentioned in this podcast, I will put in the show notes. And I hope you have enjoyed this. Hope it's been helpful. Go have a listen to the other episodes. Episode seven is where we talk all about um, top, middle and bass notes. So go check that out. And I will see you all again next time.